Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 165, episode one of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist! <laughs> the first and only episode of season 165, so we're going to have to pack a lot in. Uh, this is a production of iHeartRadio. Uh, this is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and I want to say up top, fuck Black Rifle Coffee. Uh, the Black Rifle yeah, Coffee Company uh, advertised on our show. Uh, not voiced by us, but uh, somehow found its way onto our show. So uh, this is where we tell you how we feel about Black Rifle Coffee. Uh, they're a terrible company. You should by no means patronize. Uh, fuck Black Rifle Coffee. It's Monday, December... Suck shit. <laughs> suck shit. Uh, it's Monday, <laughs> December 21st, 2020. Uh, there are 30 days until January 20th, 2021. Uh, there were zero new COVID cases in New Zealand on Thursday. Zero deaths since late September. There were uh, 13 new cases in all of Australia. So I had... Uh, this is... Uh, mea culpa i'd been saying uh citing the overall australia number as just for victoria i think victoria is just all zeros across the board all the way down uh these days but uh across oh yeah i've seen the people over there all, all zeros all zero, the <laughs> bunch there. of zeros uh <laughs> but, uh, australia only had 13 new uh continue to be zero deaths in the month of december and in the u.s there were 238,000 new cases, 3,293 deaths. Uh, Matt K uh, gave me some comparisons. Uh, D-Day had 2,500 deaths. Um, Pearl Harbor, 2,400. Uh, and the, the reaction to that was pretty... Yeah, we, we paid quite a bit of attention when, when that happened, when those two things happened. Um, and just... Globally, uh, we have 17 million cases right now in the U.S. Uh, India is the next most with 9 million. Uh, Brazil with 7 million. Uh, we have nowhere near as many people as India. We have a fourth as many people as India. Uh, China's not even in the top 10. So uh, just trying to keep things in perspective uh, about how spectacularly our leadership fucked this thing right up. Uh, my name yep. is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Podnanelevator. Spitting hot takes while I'm going down. Podnanelevator. Chugging my dew before <laughs> I hit the ground. Uh, that is courtesy of the Ramen King. Uh, and also uh, a make good for all the Aerosmith fans who are mad that I didn't know the uh, that Back in the Saddle song by them. People are like, What? Uh, yeah, and you've never heard Stairway either, I guess. Um, but no, nah, just <laughs> yeah, what's that? Not not a not a big uh, deep cuts Aerosmith fan, or even shallow cuts, probably. Uh, I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Well, the weather outside's delightful, but the COVID rates are frightful, and since we've no place to go. Let us toke, let us toke, let us toke. Hey. And we can keep going on there. Uh, Johnny Davis uh, on the disc accord with a, just a just Ooh. a wonderful holiday-inspired AKA to take us on into this mini break or whatever. I mean, we don't take breaks here at the Davis. Love the added place, syllable in Discord. You turned it into disaccord. Um, a disaccord. That is canon. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the brilliant and talented Allison Rosen. Hello. Hey, I hey, always hey, forget hey, that hey. there is singing that happens on this podcast. I don't yeah. know if the guests normally mm -hmm. do, but just it's called in suppressed with memories. The uh, Aerosmith yeah. theme pod, 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 pod in your living room, pod, pod, <laughs> pod in your living room. <laughs> Woo! Again, uh, at a loss, but I'm sure I'm sure <laughs> that's how like get dragged by Aerosmith song. Twitter again. <laughs> yeah, I have a question. Um, yeah. What did Black Rifle Co. Coffee do? Uh, they advertised on. They, our there's show. an ad, but they the the what started is they're like this right wing coffee mm -hmm. company where they're like patriots drink this. It's like <laughs> they like literally called it like tactical caffeination for like operators and yeah. not civilians. Oh. It's like this hyped up hyper militaristic right wing fucking take but yeah. they got into some shit when 
Kyle Rittenhouse, the kid who shot yeah. those allegedly uh, shot those people. Um, who Ricky Schroeder bailed yeah. out and right. had to his house, right? Fuck Ricky Schroeder. So that Rick. photo, in that photo uh, with Ricky Schroeder, he's wearing a black rifle oh. coffee shirt. Mm. And but then it got weird because then the owner of the company is like, oh, we're not we're actually not aligned with that kid and we're not trying to bank. We're not we don't like we don't support him mm. or anything. And it's a tragedy. And then right wing Twitter came for black rifle company coffee because they weren't racist enough. Either way, <laughs> when you start put when you start putting on your like, I think one of them is called like Blue Lives Matter or Thin Blue Line Coffee. Yeah. Or something. It's just like. Yeah. Utter trash. It's fucking the antithesis of everything we stand for. But this is what happens when you have a huge advertising operation that will yeah. dynamically insert things sometimes. Or they insertion. just wanted a piece of the TDZ pie. Yeah, exactly. They yeah. specifically And little did they know, yeah. the <laughs> listeners are already on a hair trigger, and no pun intended there, but like to hear something like that and be like, oh, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're pretty yeah. trying to be as responsible as possible. Well, I think Gosh. they got their money worth. Rest We've assured. mentioned them. Uh, a number of times now. Uh, yeah, and we said how when I drank the coffee, it gave me instant diarrhea. Yeah, and then uh, all my all my all my grass died in my yard. Yeah, we should we should I'm mention right it now. also tastes like shit. Not only is there uh, <laughs> yep. politics bad, it tastes terrible, and uh, the they don't even have real caffeine. It's it's barely caffeinated. It's all fake caffeine. Yeah, well, bullshit. when you said it, I was taking a sip of coffee, not that brand, but I okay. wanted to do a spit take. If this, if there was video, I would have. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been oh, talking to the king of spit takes over here. That would have been amazing. <laughs> you're just holding up a black rifle coffee mug to your mouth as we say it. Hey, Allison, why do you keep covering up your t-shirt? What kind of exactly. t-shirt that? What's the logo what? on there? There's a little chili in here. Yeah. And cover it up with a black rifle coffee jacket you're like ah shit um it's a confederate flag jacket uh all wait, right wait wait <laughs> allison yes. uh we're gonna get to know you a better uh, a better in a moment we are a better, adding a disaccord. A disaccord. A better. uh to our words today we're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment first we're gonna tell our listeners uh just a few of the things we're talking about uh, guys, it's the last episode, uh, last regular episode of the year 2020. We made it. We are going to be talking about things that happened over the past three days. Trump appointees describing the utter fucking up of the COVID response. Um, we're going to talk about Dan Crenshaw smearing veterans. We're going to talk about the spike in overdose deaths, uh, Mission Impossible set shutting down, all uh, just equally bad news. And then Die Hard, the, the director of Die Hard, uh, John McTiernan, came out with a video that talked about like the hidden social justice message in Die Hard. Uh, and I want to look at that because it made me reappreciate Die Hard for the first time in a little while. All of that, plenty more. But first, Allison, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history? Uh, I searched what shape is giraffe poop. And the reason mm. this came up, in addition to it just being a passion of mine, uh, mm. on yeah. my podcast, so my podcast comes out twice a week, Monday's a one-on-one, Thursday's a panel show, and on the most recent panel show, one of my guests, Jackie Johnson, was talking about having just moved into a house that has a yard, and I was asking, does her dog love the yard? And she thought he would, but turns out he just goes out there and eats Sorry, she. The dog is a she. She just goes out there and eats squirrel chooch. poop. Chooch. Little yes. chooch. Yes, we're familiar. Yes, we know. We're familiar with Jackie's dog in these parts. For okay. Sure, yes. Well, apparently, all chooch does in the yard is eat squirrel poop. And then I was saying, <laughs> I don't think I could even identify squirrel poop in a poop lineup. Yeah. And so then we were going around and you know tackling the important issue of whether we could identify squirrel poop. Poop ID. And then I brought up. I believe giraffe poop is cube-shaped. And I don't know why I know this, but I feel like it's because my son is very into animals and has all these different zoo books. And there's like a book called What Do They Do With All That Poop? <laughs> no, What Do They Do With All That Poop? Um, I just first- I was going to punch so, that up if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do they dupe with all that poop? Um, and I just feel like I have seen square giraffe poop. And then my- producer whom i love was real slow on the google so i had to google it uh and anyway it's sort of inconclusive it's we decided it's wombat sort of, poop is is cube shaped i believe that yeah. maybe I was that's on a, what i'm thinking of 
Yeah. I was on a very specific podcast episode of Creature Feature talking about animal shit. And I remember that's like walked to it like, wait, hold on. There's cube shaped shit and it's wombats. Uh, I know. Yeah, I I know. I Wombats definitely have cube shaped shit. But I, I think shout out to all the cube shitters out there. In general. Yeah, I, don't I think leave anyone out. that's what I was thinking of then, because when I finally found a picture of giraffe poop, it was more um, like. We just des- we described it Old as cushion school. cut. If you know different diamond shapes, it's like <laughs> oh, <yes>. oval. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, love it. Wait, cushion what does cut- squirrel <laughs> shit look like? Apparently, it's like pellety, right? Apparently, yeah. Apparently, it looks a lot like rabbit poop. You'd think that's what I would have googled, the- but I didn't. Which, by the way, rabbit poop is tricks shaped, and they made tri- a yeah. rabbit the. <gasps> Why did they do that? That or did they do it on purpose? Right to be like tricks are for kids. Eat shit, for kids. kids. <laughs> <laughs> Stop fucking with me. Eat my shit. Right. <laughs> pretty pretty good dunk by the tricks rabbit. Speaking but, of fruity, wait. So sorry. Go ahead. I, I'm just curious how you would know. Like you know, I'm I've I've lived in areas where squirrels are frolicking around, and I've had pets, and I've never been able to be like, oh, my dog does is eat squirrel shit. And that's what I'm really confused about. Like, how are you witnessing that? I've never even been like, oh, there we go. I just stepped in more squirrel shit. Miles, you should have been on this episode. That's what I was saying. Um, right. That's what I was saying. How? how do you know? How do you know it's not rabbit poop? And and are you, like, are you seeing Chooch sw- swallow it? Are you just seeing her play with it? What's going on? I need yeah. a like yeah. eight episode podcast series looking into this true crime right. of, of chooch eating squirrel poo. I'm glad we have another fellow truth seeker on the show today because <laughs> I'm I'm not accepting this description from Jackie and when no. she is on this show again I will press her for more answers. Thank about you. Them. Thank you. Let's take this across all the podcasts in America. Yeah. It's yeah, interesting. Exactly. I always assumed the circular uh, shape was that way because it has the smallest like surface area to volume ratio like that it was like covering it up so it wouldn't smell as much so like predators couldn't hunt them but i guess oh my god we got a scientist on our hands well i i guess that's not even remotely true <laughs> i don't no, I, it might that's... actually have the worst volume to surface area ratio i don't know i i just googled it and it's like uh the it's a, some other shape that i can't even pronounce the Icosahedron has the lowest surface area to volume ratio. So, what does it look like? It looks, I don't know. Icosahedron. Icosahedron. How many sides is that? But I assume because, like, spherical ice cubes, isn't that the whole idea behind them is that they don't melt as much because they have lower surface area? Um, I just thought it was a cool thing from a, a Pinterest board and i just uh, thought it was a, a way to sell more ice cube trays right yeah could be all those so i mean it makes sense because i feel like it got big in japan when like some bartender was like hand cutting spheres of ice mm-hmm. and like it's the only way to like not water down your scotch but okay the sphere right. is the has the best ratio i think and then icosahedron is the one with the second best 20 sides because okay. it has 20 uh, oh. Anyways, this has been. Oh, so you mean a D and D die you would cast? <laughs> right, right, exactly. It, how come more animals aren't yes. shitting out D and D die? But is yeah. there actually any huh. animal that does that? No, there needs to be. I mean, I do when there I've had a be. very specific uh, combination of fiber and uh, Cheetos. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just Cheetos. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, you're very familiar with uh, all my. Sorry. Yeah, with you know, Jack's we, we, we got to know each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah we know. It's, <laughs> That's how that people are like, well, how do you guys do it? You know, Nikki Glazer was on and before I'm like, like, the chemistry. I'm like, look, I know we know what each other's shits look like. That's yeah. how we keep it tight on this show. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's the part of the pit, the doc, every day's doc that we only share with each other is just a history of bowel movements and uh, quick snap diet, shot. quick snap. Oh. I'm normal. All right. Then I think you made a mistake because when I got a link to the document, there were pictures at the beginning and I just didn't know what that was about. Uh, <laughs> Well, consider that you've entered the circle of trust. <laughs> Thank you very much. I do remember a good friend, years ago, a good friend of mine was in his bathroom and through the door he yelled, I wish you were a guy so that I could invite you in here to take a look at this. And that's like one of those weird yeah. things that I think about so frequently. Like, <laughs> Is that a thing yeah. that guys do often? So I have I'm to- I'm not going to lie. I have to tell a really gross story right now. This is a very scat- scatological beginning to this episode. 
but so my dad, one of eight, uh, grew up very, you know, whatever, you know, they were very check to check. It was like in a very small apartment in inner city Philadelphia and him and his brother had a competition where they would save giant shits in a, uh, <laughs> in a shoebox and like oh my shit God. <laughs> and show it to each other. <laughs> That's amazing. As, and I think it was like, yo, look how much I ate full. <laughs> like, oh. like the, uh, but yeah, I guess it's a thing with more than just like that. I was so desperate to have like that affirmed that that was that they weren't the only humans who did that. That the second you talked about one human doing that, I was like, okay, I gotta let this off my chest. You just up the game. Yeah, she yeah. just said, hey, I wish you could talk about it. You're like, okay, so they were shitting the shoebox. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say, Jack. I want to, um, I want you to feel seen and heard. But to me, there's That's something next level. different between yeah. my friend wanting me to come into the bathroom yep. and look at his. Mm-hmm toilet present yep. versus a shoebox. Like once you take it out of water, that's a whole different animal. I agree. I don't, I can yeah. only imagine how bad it smelled. And how, um, yeah. how, it's many questions. I, I don't know that you know the answer, but these are things that you could find out. Um, one shoebox or did they have multiple shoeboxes and how are they even getting it out of the toilet? Were they using like the kind of net that yeah. you like get a goldfish out of a yeah. tank? Yeah, do you clean it? The clean the box right. every time? Is it a new box? The you, fact you, that I someone work didn't ask more follow-up questions uh, is, I, I don't know what's wrong with me. That I wasn't like, wait, what? You weren't ready. But I think she I was like so young that it was just like, yeah, okay, that's a that sounds like right. Uncle Barry. Uh, <laughs> we gotta give it the Maddow treatment. Yeah. Like how Maddow would open an episode <laughs> of her show and be like, a shoebox, a simple thing. <laughs> but what's really a shoe? What is really contained? And then you're like, wait, this is about some people shitting in a box? But the, I, I was going to say, before Jack completely scorched the earth with his anecdote, <laughs> I do have a, there is a, I know somebody. Look, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yes, I, I have a text thread where we send shit pictures. Wait, for real? Do you really? I don't send them. I don't send him. My one friend does it as a bit, and he always acts. He, he the bit is always he treats it like an art composition where he <laughs> says what his motivation was, wow, and what like what the process was, and then I always respond with a scathing art critique of the actual sh- the dump he took. It's really stupid. Uh, I don't even know. I just said that out loud, but that's some insight into you know the what's kinds amazing of shit is we, I do. we have a bunch of. I, I think we have a bunch of TDZ ads that are going to run on the radio <laughs> during Christmas break, and so there's going to be a bunch of new people coming to the show, and this is going to be the most recent full episode they hear. <laughs> it's, it's us opening up with 20 minutes on people on us just sharing pictures of poop uh, and. And I, but this is America's shared consciousness, and I defy a listener to say they don't know anything about this yes. or have not their lives hasn't intersected with poo talk culture. Yeah. Okay, it's around, and it's funny because I was uh, a friend of mine who has a really young son who's like three or four had like a play date, and one of the, like her son's potty trained, but her friend's son isn't. So when he went to use like the bathroom. Like his friend came too because he's like, oh, I'm not potty trained. And they both just watched him take a dump like up close. <laughs> like they're both like he was pooping and his friend was like, OK, OK, I see what you're doing here. OK, that's cool. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? This is just this is since the times of the ancients. Mm-hmm. You know, this is just who we are. How old are your kids, Allison? Um, they're both they're gonna be four and two in February. They yeah. both have February birthdays. Yeah, so. we're we're right around yeah. the same uh, spot. And yeah, that's a whole thing. The kids like don't want to be lonely when it's happening. You know, mm-hmm. they feel like they're missing out if right. you just like shut them out in a room by themselves. So like, that's that's a whole thing you have to get your mind around. And uh, I I do love oh, right. the Some idea just... the unpotty trained kid breaking it down like game tape, being like, oh damn, yeah. wow. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Or the one who is pie trained, he's like, see, this is what you got to do. The watch is going <laughs> to yeah. hit right there. Ah. See, and that's, that's the difference, man. Yeah. You got to start doing that rather than in your pants, man, and yeah. you will get a treat. Oh, man. Yeah, there's a uh, definite fascination with it. My son has come in and said to me, Mommy, I want to watch you use this. Like, I pointed to the toilet. Right. <laughs> it's a whole I, new thing for them. Yeah. It's right, yeah. very interesting. Because like those are like sort of like benchmarks of like growth. You know what I mean? It's like now I'm a toilet user. You know what I mean? So now I'm like, and I remember 
and this probably goes back, and I probably have said this before. I remember when I was six years old, my dad got a camcorder, like, you know, it was like 1980 or 90, basically, he got a camcorder. And the first thing that shot on it is me filming my own shit <laughs> that Christmas morning. <laughs> I took the camera and I'm zooming. It's a slow, a slow fucking push. push in on a a little six year old turd, Yo. and I it's like healthy. that's just like family lore. It's healthy. Yeah. It's healthy. And now you're a poop here. critic on that thread. Now I'm a poo critic. Yeah, yeah you went exactly. from filmmaker to critic. Uh, exactly. All right, guys, let's uh, take a quick break and we'll get come back. Uh, <laughs> Allison, <laughs> talk about break. underrated and overrated. And we're back. Uh, and Allison, we like to ask our guests, what is something you think is underrated? I don't know if this is like underrated for everyone, but for me, I un- had underrated the value lately of like what I would call comfort food TV because my husband and I have been watching all these prestige TV shows, which they're good and I enjoyed them. However, we recently got sucked back into Vanderpump Rules. I Mm. was very into Vanderpump Rules a few years ago. Um, I couldn't stop talking about it and somehow I made every podcast appearance I, I was on about it, which I feel like I'm, no, now I'm doing it about poop. Um, but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then I just sort of fell off and I, I didn't keep up with it. And then we were watching Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and I was sort of getting back into the Bravo world and we decided mm. let's just watch the most recent episode of Vanderpump Rules, even though I we, we weren't caught up. And it is like hanging out with old friends. It's so pathetic how comforted we feel. The fact that we can just dive in. We don't need, you know, we already know what they're like. um, And it like every night now we watch multiple episodes. I don't know that I feel good. No, I don't feel bad about it, though. It's like exactly what I needed. Yeah. Yeah. No need to feel bad. Yeah. It's good. It's great. I I wish I had done it sooner because I've been sort of like looking for something to be excited about TV wise. And now I'm excited about catching up with my friends on Vanderpump every night. Yeah. That's like me and the the ladies of Salt Lake City. Yes. I just can't. I just can't believe. I can't believe what I'm seeing every week. Who's your favorite? (laughs) lady and who's your least favorite because i have i ranked them early i hate on. mary i hate yes. Mary. i can't stand mary her self-loathing is just despicable that whole thing of like when i see black people right. at a convenience store i'll go to another convenience store. i'm like you're b- yes what that's what jen said and you're why black. are you saying this in front of a group of white women like it, it was like this performative right. like self-hatred that really rubbed me the wrong way mm-hmm. and then anna started sending me subreddit posts about how she's a full-on scammer who says she's a god and like forces oh. all her the wow. parishioners at her church is to give her all this money. Uh, so more than like who I like, I just know Mary rubs me the absolute yes. wrong way. But I will watch because that's part of the thing. You know, because sometimes like I need something to get angry at. Yeah, I know. That's the and joy like of that. it. Yeah. She is the but one if, who I'm, is married to her grandfather. Her yes. step-grandfather. Her step-grandfather. And uh, also accused someone of smelling like hospital. Is that yes, right? Yes. And it just, right. the syntax of that bothers me. Yeah. Is that how you say it? Like you smell like hospital. I yeah. you smell like a hospital or that's the hospital. well, yeah. It's very British. It's like how babies talk, it, right? Well, the yes. British also refer to it right. as hospital She's instead in hospital. of the hospital right, right. or a. Oh, hospital. you smell like sick, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. do, I? do I? Um, yeah, I, it's there. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know this thing. It's a it's a mess and a half. But it's also interesting because like these people are there's also this layer on top of like vapid house real housewives culture that's present in all shows. Then you have like the, you know, LDS Mormon yes. church layer on top of it that's like pushing and pulling the cast members in certain directions. So What's, it's we, all very it's a lot to take. I did what I didn't realize is that they're all like there are according to the show, there are a lot of Mormons who drink. Like I've only mm-hmm. known in real life, I've only known Mormons who don't, who are like pretty, you know, as far as I can tell, devout and follow the rules. And like I've never known a Mormon in real life who drinks. But oh man, the Jack Mormon community—that's what they're called, Jack Mormons. But is that uh, like ex-Mormon, really? or does that just mean? No, it just means like drunk Mormons Mormon. who are <laughs> grew up Mormon. That sounds cool. Stay a Mormon, like a Jack Mormon. Yeah, exactly. New Jack Mormon. It's like <laughs> New, New Jack Mormon. Like, <laughs> 
it might not be called that anymore, but like when I lived in Dayton, uh, a bunch of our best friends were Mormon, and that was that was the thing back in the '90s that they referred to it as. I've um, also heard of a Nomo Momo, which is someone who's no longer a Mormon. <laughs> Nomo Momo. Yeah. Oh wow. No more Mormon. <laughs> nice. Oh, got it. Not super yeah. fans of the Dodgers pitcher Hideo Nomo. Yeah. But also that. Yeah. <laughs> they, they Very small, really inter- small group. Huge overlap. <laughs> I mean, that wind up, it was something else. It was that that diagram is an exact circle. I'm so tired of that <laughs> meme. <laughs> uh, Allison, what is something you think is overrated? Overrated. And this is controversial. Even it, It's controversial even for me to say it. But wow. of late, I have felt that sleeping in is a little bit overrated because... I have children. I do not get to sleep in very much. However, our my mother-in-law is here and she wakes up early and she loves to take care of the kids or we tell ourselves that. So <laughs> my husband and I have been sleeping in this week like a, like till like there's days where I slept until like past 11. I mean it is Hell gross. Yeah. And I wake up Girl, like oh my god. Like you're more Coming to than yeah. waking up. Yeah. You're like, ah, it, Catherine, where is it? Catherine O'Hara <laughs> and Home Alone. <laughs> and I, even though it feels like, oh, I needed that. Like I need have been needing that for the last five years. I also, for the rest of the day, feel out of it and irresponsible and gross. I, it's like I can't shake off the gross feeling of I woke up. Oh no. Yeah, maybe be I just kind need to, to yourself, Allison. Be kinder to. But yourself. I what know you what you're saying. You know, just I have that okay. same uh, yeah. thing, like where I I feel like if I wake up too late or if I get too much sleep, I'm like groggy the next day. Mm-hmm. And also, like I and I can't tell if it's just self, like me being aware that I got a lot of sleep and feeling bad. It also happens with showering. Like I have this like kind of loose theory that if I don't shower, shower, there's like actually physical like sleep left over on my body because like I'm always more tired if I don't shower. And I'm like, I take it back when I call you a scientist. (laughs) (laughs) That can't just be like all mental, but I think it is. I think it's all mental. I'm just glad we're doing this on Zoom because it was it was getting ripe in the studio. Like, I'm telling you, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's my secret. Over on well, no, I'm saying bowl. I need I need to shower every morning if I want to be like fully awake. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't feel know. I, I I I get like the th- whenever I felt bad about sleeping in, it's because it's so late. I'm like, oh man, I only have like a few hours of like a day left before like I'm about to shift my whole sleep cycle into the night where I'm like, Whoa. well, see, I think that's what it is because when I wake up super late, I'm aware that I needed sleep and the way the like better way to get it would have been to go to bed early instead of staying early. up till two watching Vanderpump. Hmm. It's a whole constellation of self-care, no matter how you cut yeah. it though. No, no it's good. It. I, I'm not, I'm not knocking it. And in no way do I <laughs> want to, sure. no, do I want to give it up? I'm just saying I have found that it's like a little overrated for me personally, Yeah, but I don't, I, also, I can't I, give it up. I would, I just pray for the ability to sleep like I did when I was like in puberty or like going through puberty or high school. Like when my body was like, this is when you're growing and you will just lie dormant. And like, I never to this day, even like with a terrible hangover or something, have slept like as solidly for such a long time than I did back then. Uh, You know, so. Do you not sleep well now? No, I sleep well now, but like even. I wake up pretty normally. Like my rhythms are like I'm up. Even if I sleep late, like I'm just up and I can't do the thing where I'm like, well, I went to sleep later. I'm really tired. Maybe I get a couple hours. Just can't. It's just that adult shit. <laughs> adult body. I hear that. Well, speaking of adult shit, let's let's get back to poop. So <laughs> my theory on the spherical Poo-poo. poop, as I've been thinking about it, skittish, <laughs> all the animals that have spherical poop are skittish. Like you got your deers, your mm. rabbits, your squirrels. So I think it really there is something to that. Poop scientists get at me. Uh, oh, all right. So you want courage shapes like a fist or right. a sword? Well, like humans, there's no design to it because we're not scared. Same with dogs, right? They're they're no, you know, predators. I, I had a homegirl so. who used to do rabbit poops. 
Right. And we I mean, we've all it. been. I've been a home low. girl who's done rabbit poop. <laughs> yeah, I've okay. I've been that home girl as well. Uh, <laughs> okay. But it's not. But it's not like biologically decreed that we do that. Where now? Right. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Log it up, Kenny Loggins. Yeah. It's interesting. Do any what other animals have such wide range of poop shapes? Yeah, I think it's dogs, us, and dogs yeah. have uh, evolved to be part of our like kind of little yeah. uh, ecosystem. So yeah, I need to see some coyote shit. They're actually they're copying our style, our shit. Style. Right, <laughs> like bear I'm shit start is my dog. I'm like, yo, get your own swag, bro. I feel like bear shit is similarly amorphous, so it's it's like the stuff that needs to be scared needs to keep it in tight little spheres so that like the there's little surface area so the scent isn't going out there so that they can be tracked is my right my theory. Uh, all right, other poop stuff. No, uh, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about these Trump appointees who uh, came out towards the end of last week and just you know said that basically it had been a complete utter fucking up of the covid response while they were uh, working in the uh, CDC they specifically said that they were being encouraged by members of the Trump administration to pursue herd immunity which is basically like let everybody get it except the people who it is actively killing and was completely inadvisable and uh, just a confusing of the approach that has left us in the condition we're in where the U.S. and Brazil are uh, far and away the most fucked up uh, examples of how how this can be exacerbated by government. Right now, and I read that in L.A., one in twenty residents are positive. Right, I think LA, it's one it's in eighty confirmed and one in twenty, like probably just haven't been tested. And this is sorry, Jeez. this is like a tangent. We'll go back to that story you were talking about. But I remember at the very beginning, New York. It was like terrible in New York and everyone was kind of applauding California and the theory was, well, in California, you know, in New York, everyone's on top of each other so they can't socially distance. Whereas like in California, we're really doing it right. We're spread out. Da, da, da. But now L.A. is the epicenter. What happened? I guess we opened too. Uh, we opened too fast. Is that why it's so bad here? Yeah, it's a combination. And I think, yeah, the the time of being in the pandemic, like people are getting just sick of it at like more of like the emotional toll of like trying to lock down and be responsible. Like people are reaching that breaking point while the infection rates are going up. And I think they're meeting at an awful time. And on top of it, yeah, like we're just, we're not doing what we should be doing in any sense. And apparently curbing things. Apparently these numbers right now are not even reflecting Thanksgiving yet. So right. it's going to get worse, be like way worse before it gets better. Yeah, and Christmas. Anyway, it's, like, my, it's around now. It's going to hit. Yeah, my um my favorite aspect of this the all the revelations in the CDC was there was an advisor to the HHS who tried to get the CDC to downplay something in their morbidity and mortality weekly report, which is like this really important report that they put put out. So they were trying to like censor something. And in the, the email, the guy was explaining this and it was a longer quote, but he said something like, I'll just focus on the, my favorite part. He spelled president, 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 hell yeah. yeah. President, um, yeah, President. Oh no, I see what it is. This is designed it. to hurt this President for their reasons, which I am not interested in. Yes, um, which it just it just feels like a trolling Twitter response. Yeah. the only people yeah. who were in favor of the uh, herd immunity theory were people who were trying to open the economy, which mm-hmm. was the Trump administration, because their theory of the case was this is all an attempt to hurt the economy so that he loses because uh, the entire universe revolves around them. And I think just similarly, I've heard uh, this overall sort of model of uh, the globe as like starting in Japan and moving westward. Uh, You go from a more like collectivist view of the world just in terms of like traditional like values to and then like ending in Los Angeles is like the most individualistic like Mm -hmm. view of the world uh and i feel like that probably plays into some of why the u.s is so bad and also why la is now the epicenter is like 
even after we now know like what's so bad about uh like or how the virus operates we're still willing to you know it's more about us as angelinos as californians than it is about like the reality it's more you know i think i think californians tend to be more up their own ass than probably uh the rest of the world yeah. yeah, the people that move here, honestly, I think that's the problem. You know, people oh, who for are sure. from here, though, you know, I think we're the salt. We're the real. We're the real Americans who mm, get it. Uh, it's all the other people. <laughs> it's, well, but yeah, LA no. is more There's, than any place I've ever lived. Like composed of people who are like, yes, that is my Shangri La. That is where I will go to actualize yeah, myself. Escape the torment of my high school. Right, and I will, <laughs> I will make it there and prove to them I am not that person. Right, it's like, I think very. Specific. And what about us who lived here and also it sucked, but we're still here. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I, I think with also the like you're saying, especially LA, like New York. You know, like you're saying, you're on top of each other. There's a sense of your community, whether you mm-hmm. like, like it or not in New York. Like L.A., you're in your car. You're just yeah. – you're fucking closed the fuck off. And I think it's really easy. The weather, too, plays a huge part where it's almost like, well, the weather is nice. How could – like there's all these things that I think act on people's subconsciousness that just are force multipliers for how bad we're screwing things up. And on top of it, like the communication is absolute dog shit, whether it's coming from the county or the state. It's like half the time I'm have I'm seeking it out through news articles more than like it passively coming to me because they're trying to inform the residents of what's happening. Mm. Yeah. How do you guys feel about businesses that are defying the stay at home order or the shutdown order and like still, um, you know, like there's a restaurant I'm in Burbank and there's a, a guy in Burbank who's making news right now because he refuses to shut down his restaurant because he and my my visceral response is, fuck you, you are selfish and you're endangering people. But then it's like, you know, his argument is like, look, this is, you know, my whole life has been about building this business. It's all I have. And yeah. I've got 100% bills and I'm making, you know, 10%. If I just do to-go orders, I'm making 10% profit, not profit. I'm like making, earning 10% of what I normally make and da 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 And like, he's going to lose his business and lose everything yeah, I have compassion, but I still feel like it doesn't it doesn't make it OK to endanger people at the same time. Like, obviously, I feel the government should pay people to stay home. That's the yes. answer. Right. That's that's no, right. that's exactly that's... what it is. Like, I, it's so easy to understand that impulse of someone who's like, well, yeah. my bi- how the fuck. So you want me to just die, right. lay down and die basically as a business yeah. with no help? Like, I can't do that. Yeah. My one issue is that usually the people who are like fuck the government stay home mm-hmm. order are also are ra- they're rarely the type of people who are like pay me to stay home they're more yeah. the people who are like you can't tell me what to do I'm this is america yeah. um and that i think is a fundamental misunderstanding of the problem but yeah i yeah the conversation needs to shift from we need to be able to make money to it should be the government needs to be paying mm-hmm. us the government right. needs to be sorting out my bills, this not. A- but everyone's so fucking OD'd on the bootstrap shit that even yes. in this situation, it's like I got to do this. And yes, like you're saying, endanger other people, their own employees, in the midst of all of this. When you'd think like, oh, y'all are so close to the to the socialism part of it, to like understanding like what's fair, what's equitable, what is actually necessary, and can acknowledge like, yeah, that's true. Don't worry, though, that you can't work because the government is here to take from people who, you know, tax them and the money's there to subsidize things. And Jesus, when you look at the countries that are like have been subsidizing lost wages for people, it's it's so fucked up to look at like how other countries are handling it. And here it's purely like, I don't know, just burn up, burn up upon reentry. That's sort of the strategy. Yeah. I know that we like. People understand that, like, we the number of cases that we've had in this country is so much more than other countries. But just like in doing that opening that I've been doing for the past week of just the number of cases, number of deaths compared to other countries. And then, like, I added the context of like doing research into like the portion of like how much smaller we are than China and India and like how we're so comparable to other countries. It's just like, Anybody who is not viewing this as a stress test of like, okay, this version of running a country is not working like that. You have to be burying your head in the ground. Like 
these values yeah. do not function. They're not values. I mean, or right. they are. They're just in the completely wrong direction. I was thinking yeah. about that today. And this is um is a really like I it sounds snobby and elitist, maybe, but it's like this country is so fucking stupid. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Well, we're just so corrupted, or I mean, you know, collectively, the culture is just corrupted mm-hmm. by greed and consumption. And that's those are like the gods of this country. It's but like also anti science and yeah. paranoia and yeah, and I think a lot of those are born out of like this singular focus to just create value, you know, create as much shareholder yeah. value to yeah. to accumulate as much bullshit as possible. So if anything runs counter to that and it's an obstacle, then yeah, fuck science. If if science is getting in the way of making money, then right. fuck yeah. science. If science if increasingly dying, runs counter to the right. market. If poor people are getting in the way of making money, then fuck poor people. Like right. it's it's a very simple equation. You just have to put like, is it in the way of making money? Then chances are that thing gets fucked mm-hmm. and completely demolished in the pursuit of making money. And that I I don't know. Like you'd think we've experienced enough pain collectively as a nation to begin to have a reckoning with that but i think it's just so it's fundamentally the foundation that the entire country's built upon it's it's like being like are our colors red white and blue yeah. and people are like well, well what do you mean right <laughs> i mean pe- not? You, you have like individual people defending their own right to be exploited like it is my yeah. american god-given right to be completely exploited by this system and it's like i don't know how you break through to someone who yeah. feels that way yeah, yeah. How do you yeah. break through to the guy who has like Trump tattoos on his arm and is saying, like, with his dying breaths, dying from COVID, is like Trump twenty twenty. You know, even even yeah. the as he was like he started out being like pandemic. This is all made up. Is dying of COVID and is still with his dying breath being like Trump twenty twenty. Like that's and there were multi like many people like that. Let's talk Dan Crenshaw real quick, just because I feel like a lot of the news cycle about him has gotten overtaken with his SNL shit, his, uh, you know, embarrassing Avengers trailer, Avengers, (laughs) false valor. He's like trying to pass himself off as an Avenger. Um, but the, the reality of who this dude is, uh, recently came up as, um, basically there was a VA investigation, a veteran, alleged that she was sexually assaulted at a VA facility and the VA secretary, Robert Wilkie was just straight away trying to smear her and Crenshaw like was with him on that and like basically approached him and said that he knew of her from serving together and that she was known for making up allegations, uh, which to put that in perspective, read any account of what it's like to be a woman in the modern yeah. military. It makes like the workplace from Mad Men seem like wildly progressive. Like the, to this day, it is yeah. wild. Like the, the shit that they are still getting away with uh, and letting themselves and just the standards they hold themselves to. And this asshole is like part of, part of that problem and he's he's the guy who's you know out here using the fact that he was a veteran to big up himself and meanwhile he's smearing actual veterans who have actual problems and are trying to fix fix systemic issues with the military um right so just a real piece of shit through and through and being honest enough to want to create change for people after them to not yes. to prevent these things from happening. And then Dan Crenshaw is just like, nah, f- like that's what you're using your time for is just to just smear someone who's trying to do good because you're playing on whatever side of this argument. Yeah. Hey. And, and, and they were saying it's going to make it worse for more women who want to come forward, mm-hmm. seeing course. how this was handled and seeing how there will, you know, they've shut down, there won't be an investigation or they've shut it down. Um, she claimed that the guy rammed, his lower body into hers and said, you look like you could use a good time. Right. That's so gross. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that documentary, I don't know. Have you seen the invisible war? Mm -mm. That was, um, I saw, I think I saw it on HBO. It's like a Kirby Dick, uh, documentary, just talking about, you know, the cult, the, you know, rape culture and, uh, the, uh, how prevalent assaults and things are in the, in the military. Uh, and it's really, 
it's shocking because it, yeah, it, it, for so, uh, it's a problem that's so out in the open and known, but then there is also this culture of fear around being able to speak up about it and to just to, to be on the side of like perpetuating or protect that, you know, the, uh, the ongoing, uh, culture of assault in the, in the military is just fucked up. And, yeah. Yeah. And just should be expected character. from someone like Dan Crenshaw, who's just shown himself to have no character at all, aside from wanting to play a literal fucking Marvel character. Right. Yeah. Uh, watch the invisible war instead of a Marvel movie. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. Let, let's talk about uh, Mission Impossible. We, we've been tracking uh, Tom Cruise's uh, flip tracking outs it, on the uh, on the trending episodes past <laughs> uh, at the end of last week. But uh, apparently, there. yeah, he's been just whiling, I, I believe it's called uh, <laughs> in academic circles. And so they apparently they have shut down production on the Mission Impossible movie. And it's not because of any COVID like misbehavior. Uh, it is because he was, I guess he got a sense. He, he saw himself in the mirror uh, of these rants and was like, Oh, maybe, maybe old Tommy needs a break. Yeah. He's apparently uh, Friday was like the last day of shooting. And he was, I guess the plan is for him to go to Miami to be with his DJ extraordinaire son, Connor. Yeah, uh, to fucking, you know, hang out for the holidays or something. But it's just very they're not saying it's obviously obviously not from anything to do with covid, but there's no real explanation why he's doing that. But I think a lot of people are like, yeah, maybe he uh, he's, he saw a little, little bit of cringe from that mm. leaked rant. Uh, mm. The other thing that's really interesting is uh, on TMZ there because they're just the messiest over there. They were pointing out that the mask that Tom Cruise is always being pictured yeah. in on the set the is one that the CDS CDC is like, yo, don't fucking wear those valved masks. Those are actually worse because like they're designed to release a bunch of air as you exhale very quickly. So yeah, it if only anything, protects you. Yeah, you're just jet shooting out your droplets off the out the sides of that thing, and they're like, "Yeah, this is a quote. This type of mask may not prevent you from spreading COVID nineteen to others. The hole in the material may allow your respiratory droplets to escape and reach others." Yeah, it's more so, for people on. like fighting fi forest fires, uh, and you know, preventing them from inhaling dangerous things. But it it has no benefit if you're trying to prevent the spread of disease uh, because everything that you're exhaling is getting out there. Uh, but it Which does protect the you, most, like Allison said. Yeah. So that's what's it's a, I think it's a very appropriate mask, given the circumstances. It's like totally. the rich guy wears the mask that's like, well, fuck y'all. <laughs> like literally in that, I don't trust you, so I'm wearing this. And also, I don't give a fuck what happens to you based on what I'm exhaling. Uh, so, cool. I saw a lot of debate about his rant. Like I saw a lot of people defending mm -hmm. it and relating to it because they also have been very frustrated in their workplaces with people not doing what they're supposed to protocol wise. But then I saw people saying that, well, just first of all, coming after Tom Cruise because he's like the face of Scientology, which is a pretty, um, you know, uh, problematic and corrupt organization and criminal, but then also saying that he was, and this is kind of my emotional reaction to his rant was like, you are taking it too far and you're just excoriating an employee and kind of emotionally abusing them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Take it out think? on the corporations that are putting you in that position, yeah. not the like small time workers right. who work for you. Like that's not on them. That is a systemic issue. And the fact that you are this hyped up and stressed out and from talking to the insurance companies and the studios means that you should have a different relationship to those insurance companies and those studios because you are also, externalizing sorry. your you're externalizing their inherent like treat everybody like pawns that we're moving around to create value kind of worldview and treating treating them like they're inhuman like that there's never an excuse to talk to people like that but also he's a couch jumper so i feel like he's got yeah. this potential to be sort of manic like this anyway 
Oh, for sure. He, for sure. He's yeah. It's it, we were just we were all, we're like we get like we like where he's coming from in that like <laughs> we yes people need to act out of what's in the best interest for others given the situation. But yeah, in this context, it's like let's be real. So many of these things that they're saying are essential are not essential, and. It's tough like when, you know, you have people like I have family who works in production. They're going to cruise in the new COVID age where there's like the zones and the testing and things like Mm -hmm. that. But that's all because the studios can't shut off the spigot of like the the, of the revenue flowing. And all of it sort of like leads to like we we could we could just handle this like an actual pandemic. And we have to say. I know we're used to the slog and the grind of like this economy that we're in, but we actually have to stop it and we have to start refunneling funds in the right directions to a keep, you know, keep everyone safe. But that's the thing. We're just not able to get fundamentally like it's just like, well, but if some people are like really good about it, can they go and still make Mm -hmm. money for people? And like, you know, there's. Reports on how some hospitals are like there's a hospital in California that's being used as a as a set. When it can be, when it can actually be used as a fucking hospital, yeah. but so, what's going to help more people? Joyous entertainment or, you know, medicine? Right. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, you know, directed TV holiday film that takes place in a whimsical hospital or you know ICU <laughs> beds. Uh, but sure. Um. All right. Let's talk about Die Hard. Uh, the subject that I'm sure you guys have all been waiting to talk about. Um. No, yeah, so this is writer, a new thing you're saying. Well, so our writer this- JM pointed out that, uh, you know, he's he's written. He actually wrote a piece back when we were at Cracked about how not just Die Hard is a Christmas movie, but how it's kind of like a socialist Christmas movie. Um, and John McTiernan came out the the director and basically just validated everything JM was talking about, like word for word, uh, in a in a pretty cool way so basically he said that he when it came to him the script was the terrorists were leftist terrorists and like john mcclain was just you know authority he represented authority and was like a by the books cop or like a cop who got became a bug in the ointment because he happened to be there and he changed it so that they were you know thieves who were motivated by capitalism uh, they were robbing people who, like all the authority figures are who work at the company, are these like corporate empty suits who are like useless. The the head of the company, di- di- yeah, Ellis. Uh, but even the head of the company uh dies rather than giving up a password like to that would allow his company to be like robbed. I've always been I've always been like what is he doing? And the point is you're supposed to be like that. He's dying for a ridiculous cause, which is like this runaway uh what McTiernan calls unregulated cowboy capitalism. And he said he was actually <laughs> like he had been sent the script uh like seven times and kept telling Joel Silver no. And then he was watching It's a Wonderful Life specifically the Potterville scene, which he says is the clearest demonstration of and criticism of runaway, unregulated cowboy capitalism in movies. Um, And that's what inspired him. He also talks about how these paintings in the Louvre were like how he was thinking about it, how like they would, these artists would paint like these nobles or like these uh, monarchs and you would actually see like some small detail that they actually put all their artistry into because like that was where they could just get their release and like do the thing they wanted to uh, because the king would have very specific ideas about how they wanted to be portrayed. And so he's basically saying that by making a Christmas movie, uh, It's a Wonderful Life and Die Hard can sneak in these sort of uh, revolutionary anti-capitalist ideas and yeah, just hearing him lay it out. It's in a, it's like a 12 minute YouTube video, but it's really, huh. it's really cool. He talks about how the villains are Reaganomics personified in that, like Gruber says, I'm an exceptional thief. Reagan would always use the word exceptional about like calling America exceptional, an exceptional nation. Every rich guy or bureaucrat is an idiot. And like the people who are actually, 
you know, doing good in the movie are John McClane, who Jam wrote about how Holly, his ex-wife, is like sort of represents America and she's being wooed over to this like form of 80s capitalism, like hard charging corporate bullshit. And like they give her the gift of the watch and like she has this office, but then McLean is like this more blue collar cop, obviously, but he has never ridden in a uh, limousine and like him, Argyle and uh, Pal, Al Pal are like the only kind of good people in the movie. And then Holly kind of comes over to their side at the end. I love this reading of it. I have a question. Okay, I'm going to say something which is going to change how everyone feels about me. I fear. I have... Here it goes. I haven't seen Die Hard. That's okay. Okay. Now, thank you. You've seen The Rock, though, right? No. What a safe space. Oh, my God. (laughs) What a safe space is Cut the mics. Cut the Um, mics. (laughs) Question. But this reading of it, like the average... uh, Would anyone... Aside from JM, like, is the, how apparent is this to someone watching it's, it? So I, this was my favorite movie when I was eight, uh, Die Hard. And it's, I'm realizing the values did bleed through a little bit and just mm. sort of the emptiness of the capitalist enterprise, the emptiness of uh, the thieves, just, you know, like they seem like, it seems like, yeah, what this is all, all these people are being killed for these bonds that are just pieces of paper that are snowing down like from the building, like at the end and are just like meaningless. Like, and yeah, you learn to think of at least the leadership in the FBI and, uh, you know, and corporate America as just complete empty, uh, idiots. Hmm. Do should I see it? Oh, I mean, at least like yeah. I think it's still one of my five favorite movies, and it's like it's a it's like a good sort of uh, you know Christmas film. You know, it's like yeah. one of those Christmas films. It's like, is it a Christmas film? And you're like, yeah, it's actually, yeah, I'm, I'll call it a Christmas film. I feel yeah. like recently this idea that it's a Christmas film has caught on. Yeah, doesn't it it's, feel very recent? It's been a like online the last conversation years, like. for a yeah. while. Like mm-hmm. a, it was like a meme. Like my favorite Christmas movie is Die Hard. Uh, was like a meme that like was sort of a cool thing to say on Reddit decades ago, and then uh, now it's like be- crossed over into the mainstream and is like the conversation that people are, you know, that morning uh, news casters would like have with each other. Now I feel like. What will they think of next? <laughs> I'll tell you what my favorite movie is, Sally. It's Die what? Hard. <laughs> what? That's not uh, a Christmas I know, movie. I know, but uh, I love the machine guns. I got to tell you, it's my favorite Christmas <laughs> what movie. Machine guns. What will uh, they think of next? <laughs> <laughs> that she just says, what will they think of next? Over and over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I, I do love the idea of the king losing control of the content being like a thing that you can track throughout Right. Throughout history. And like the Our King is obviously this vast, you know, network of values around consumer capitalism. And so being able to sneak a critique of that into a movie that directly appeals to people who were the very core of those values, you know, the 80s was all about like Stallone going to. Uh, Vietnam and re-winning the, the Vietnam War. Changing for, history. Yeah. Uh, getting all those POWs back from the camps where they were still totally being held by uh, the Vietnamese government. Uh, and, you know, Schwarzenegger, that was like the authoritarian uh, ideology of America f- from the 80s sort of personified in movies. And then they created this action movie where it's like... Uh, sarcastic blue collar cop who like thinks all the you know reaganism is ridiculous yeah which is funny because then when he works with like schwarzenegger again it's last action hero yeah and it's like a very like self-aware thing and he's almost like look i know we work together on predator he's like but i got some let's get let's like lean into this schwarzenegger thing a little bit more yeah sorry right. mctiernan's got his eye out okay all right yeah uh anyways uh, Allison, 
Mm-hmm. It's been a pleasure uh, having you. Sorry for Thank just rambling so- about action movies for the last 10 minutes. but It's okay. My mind just went to a place where it had poop in shoeboxes. Nice. No, it's good. Yeah, I, yeah. Need to, I need the to see- The magical land. Yeah. I need to see Die Hard. I need to catch up. Um, I think my favorite movie when I was eight was probably Short Circuit. Ah. Uh, oh. That was up there it. for me, for sure. Yeah, that was a good yeah. one. It was also like the first hard R-rated movie that I had seen, and I think it just like blew my little mind. I was like, "Wow, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't much!" Even I think mine violence. was batteries not batteries not included. Oh, yeah. I think it was mine. Yeah, before short circuit, because I was like, "Oh, little robots." <laughs> 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 when I was a kid, I was like, "I like Johnny it." Five. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then you're like, "Are these characters offensive?" Mm. Ah, look, man. Let's. <laughs> it was the '80s, man. We were trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Allison, where can people uh, find you, follow you, hear you, all that good yes. stuff? Yes, please listen to my podcast, Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend, and my parenting-ish, and I say ish because you don't need to have kids to listen to it. I say like half of our listeners don't. On my parenting podcast that I do with Greg Fitzsimmons, it's called Childish. Um, follow me on social media, at Allison Rosen, A-L-I-S-O-N-R-O-S-E-N. Um, I'm also on Patreon, I'm on Cameo, and I'm on YouTube, youtube.com slash Allison Rosen. Awesome. And is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Oh, yes. Um, let me find it. Okay. So um, I actually don't know the people who tweeted this. However, uh, someone called She's Witty, Shitty, and a Little, and then dot, 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 because it's just a screen grab. I don't know what the rest of the name is, um, wrote, <laughs> not everyone will get this. And it's uh, a pie. And on the edge of the pie uh, is like 3.141, you know, pie, the number pie, mm-hmm. going all the mm-hmm. way around it, the circumference of it. Nice. And then uh, someone named Father Abraham <clears throat> quote tweeted it and said, literally everyone will get this. <laughs> <laughs> and it just cracked me up because uh, I love when people think that they're smarter than everyone and someone's like no that's pretty basic yeah, that's, <laughs> like, no. uh, not everyone's gonna get this uh, yeah. this is kind of I'm a little bit of a math nerd uh, <laughs> <I know. laughs> no you're not yeah. uh, Miles where can people find you what's tweet you've been enjoying oh man uh, Twitter Instagram Miles of Grey also 420 Day Fiance if you want to hear me talk 90 Day uh, a couple of tweets like a lot of people were tagging us in this one tweet from at not like the soup uh, and it looks like a thin blue line flag yeah but rather than like the sort of cobalt royal blue that we're using for those police flags it's a tinge it's just a bit greener than Tiffany blue mm. which we all know is the true color of left and this flag, apparently, someone, this caption around it says, the thin Baja Blast line represents our hardworking Taco Bell workers who put their lives on the line every day serving yeah. us delicious, gut-wrenching food, providing uh, providing Baja Blast for the masses, and saying, no, I do not know when potatoes are coming back, all for like $10 an hour. Uh, so, yes, true heroes. I'd like to see a play on that uh, flag when it's not, um, you know, caping for uh, systemic racism. A couple other tweets I like. Um, this one is from at MMLXXX Sith Lord. It says, bro, we really at 0% ICU capacity in the fucking mall is open. LMAO. Oh my God. Exactly. And another one is from Simon Gibson at Simon Gibson. $600 is what rich people think. Poor people think is a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's exactly that's precisely the issue we are having. Uh, but aside from that, we just have goons who are so out of touch with their humanity they don't know how most people uh, are living day to day. Yeah, so. I liked a tweet by Eat Lovers Pizza that said, "Next stimulus going to be one of these, and it's just one of those twenty percent off Bed Bath and Beyond uh, <laughs> oh, <my gosh. laughs> things that you get anytime you're new to a neighborhood. Can we at least combine them? If I got two, can it be forty percent? <laughs> <laughs> nope." Uh, that does not work. And if you haven't tried that, you We've uh, tried. aren't I've American. Tried. Real ones have tried. Yes, yes. At Rax King is dead uh, tweeted, Guy Fieri looks like if Santa Claus was in Sugar Ray. Um, <laughs> that's... <laughs> wow. Yeah. I like that. I like that. 
you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on, Miles. What are we riding out on and into the holiday break upon? I mean, you know, is it really a break? We're 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 still coming with it uh, to give you the takes over the next few weeks. Uh, this is a track, another track from Dirty Art Club, one of my favorite uh, like sort of sample based artists, and this one's called Plastic Drip, uh, and it's just got again. I love sample-based music because it's really like the collage uh, of music, if I were to compare it to art. It's just really taking from all of these things, putting them together, and presenting us a complete thought uh, with elements that seem familiar yet are giving us something new. So shout out to Dirty Art Club and this track, Plastic Drip. I don't know why the title appealed to me because uh, the idea i've been having a whole struggle with drip mm. and what when i wear outfits anymore when i go out and say i would like to wear a nice sweater and I'm, i just want to get in touch with that again i think next next time we zoom i'm gonna start wearing like a suit or something like an <laughs> outfit i couldn't i could have wore to a holiday party but i couldn't i'm gonna just rock them on these zoom calls wow. but anyway that was my i like this track plastic drip i hope you do too and i hope you'll have a great holiday uh next time we zoom i will be wearing this same sweatshirt and this same hat uh, so yeah that's a promise. i know but cut to me doing the same shit also like i'll say this <laughs> shit and i'm like i don't know that try man this is all bullshit i think all and right. i don't know when i'm coming back i hope it's soon but i'm just gonna sit in this chair and not move till then so i'll also be in the same outfit <laughs> oh. <laughs> thank you thank you yes, thank yes. you all right there we go uh, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for this Monday. Uh, we're back tomorrow with some year-end episodes, some holiday-themed episodes uh, coming at you over the next couple weeks. Uh, this is the last standard episode, uh, so... We hope you guys have a great holiday, uh, and we will be back in the new year with more Daily Zeitgeist. We'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Bye.